career sucks. Sex just isn't the same. What's my purpose? Where did this fat come from? Divorce is killing me. I'll never be happy. My debt is piling up. Kids are gone. Now what? I'll never find love. Why can't I be like the other guys? Hey guys, gay, straight, and everything in between. It's time to get a grip. Stop whining, make a bold move, and do something amazing with your 40 plus life. Let's get to the show with your Tell It Like It Is host, Rick Clemens, who does his best to never act like a dick, unless you act like one first. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of 40 Plus Real Men Real Talk. I'm your host, Rick Clemens, and we are getting down and dirty and talking about stuff that guys want to talk about, but sometimes they refuse to talk about. And today we're going to dive in with a friend of mine who was on my other podcast. I know you guys are hearing that a lot, bringing a lot of crossover from my other podcast, Life Uncloseted. But um, Adam, Adam Lippin is one of the guys that I had on early on in Life Uncloseted. And he started a company called The Cuddlist. And now he's on to another venture called HearMe.app. And what are we going to talk about? We're going to talk a little bit about his adventures, but we're going to dive into, okay, what do you do when you're like a guy in your mid-40s, 50s on up there, and suddenly you find yourself surrounded by a whole bunch of young people, and you're trying to make sure you relate and not feel like you're not out of control and too far gone, out to pasture, all that sort of stuff. So, um... Adam, buddy, welcome to the program, man. I'm excited to have this conversation because I know a lot of guys can relate to this. So, Thank you. I, I appreciate it, and I, uh, I always love talking with you. You too, man. So um, so let's talk a little bit about, first, you started Cuddlist a few years ago, and that's all about giving people that personal connection, human connection for those who may not be able to have that through intimate relationships and stuff or just feel like every once in a while they need a nice little cuddle and hug. But then hearme.app just came about. So um, why don't we talk about hearme.app a little bit? Because I think this is intriguing. Thank you. So I started Cuddlist when I was 50. And I started Cuddlist. I had been in the restaurant business and sold my company. And I've always had a hard time connecting with other people on a, on a sort of any real level. And I know a lot of people in my generation that that's equally true. So I wanted to allow people to get together in as impactful way as possible to form connection. So I started a professional cuddling company. It's doing really well, cuddlist.com. We've had about 30,000 clients. And in that sort of experience, uh, what we sort of what I've come to learn is that people love touch, but they love being seen, heard, and validated and valued mm -hmm. and make them feel more human. So hear me is sort of a reaction to that to allow people to get anything off their chest with a real life human that can be present for them. Uh, in an app format, like kind of like Uber on demand, but sharing what you're going through on demand. Wow. And so for me, you know, talking about this issue of being older in the workplace. So, you know, I love coming up with ideas and I love starting businesses I've always had. Yep. And this idea came about, I had a really good sense of the idea. And the thing that I have, to, I had to challenge myself with and sort of confront is that, you know, it's a tech company and tech companies, you know, are run by kids in their 20s um, and youth is valued uh, by investors, by, you know, sort of in the echo, in the echo chamber, uh, you know, if you're over 50, it's like, what are you doing? Right. And so I had to really look at myself and, and make a decision that I was going to hear that noise and not, and just hear it, know it's out there 
and keep focused. And it's been a really interesting challenge to sort of like keep on moving forward, mm-hmm. dealing with most people in their 20s. And I have like two key employees that are, I've met them when they were both 19, they're now 20. Um, and it's been a really interesting learning experience and growing experience. Mm-hmm. So what's one of the, some of the biggest challenges? I know, I know I have my own, but I'd love to hear some of yours before I start sharing mine. One of the biggest challenges or more of like an interesting thing is that they don't have that hierarchical mindset, right? They yep. challenge you from the get-go. And it's like the thing that drives me most crazy is I will be talking with them. They'll be listening on a device and they'll be texting or like literally watching sports at the same time they're doing work and we're having a meeting. And that's been the most challenging. Uh, and uh, just, you know, the general, I want to be the boss. I want to sort of feel like I'm the boss. And right. you don't really get treated like the boss. And right. I've learned, I've come to learn that it's a really collaborative culture. And by sort of navigating it and giving a bit and learning a bit, it's become very, I've learned a lot. You know, it's very easy for me to get stuck in my, you know, they're wrong and they're so mm-hmm you know, this and that. And the truth is, you know, there's a lot of value that I have been able to learn and hopefully bring as well. Yeah. I know for me, as I I work with a lot of that group in different places in my work, not so much coaching and stuff, but I'm starting to get a few of those showing up, but in, in the products and services that I use to run my business and that hierarchical thing is a huge issue. It's like, Okay, I used to know I could go and say, okay, here's, you know, the people I work with on this thing. But if I need to like step it up and go, I'm not getting results, I could go to the top. And at this stage, a lot of these younger ones are like, yeah, I'm at the top, but, you know, use the hierarchy that we have in place. And you go through this, you don't come to me. And I'm like, okay, this is a whole new way of looking at things, you know, and I love the collaboration that happens. I love what I can see people doing. I've got two of them in my own life. My, my kids are 20 and 24. And I see the companies that they're working at, especially my oldest one, and the hierarchy's kind of flat. I mean, they're, yeah. it's very yeah. like just, okay, we all kind of do this, you know, and it's a different way of playing in the world. You know, I mean, I think for people, you know, for me, there's historically been resentment against it because mm-hmm. I had to go through this. You know, I yeah. had to deal with the boss and act a certain way. And now it's your turn to do that. And, um, I also have to recognize that it's just a different space for them. They grow up very differently. I didn't grow right. up with technology as a native digital nomad. Right. And I didn't grow up sort of multitasking. And I, and so it's been very different. So that's been probably the most interesting thing. And then just for probably the hardest thing from an age perspective is really investors. Mm-hmm. And it's really about being taken seriously as an, as an entrepreneur and someone who, you know, has a new fantastic idea. Uh, there's a whole subculture of, you know, these of investment groups and pitch me and, and I can literally be the oldest person there by 30 years. Yep. And, um, you know, so it's sort of breathe through it, accept mm-hmm. it. It is what it is. And I can scream ageism and all of that stuff. But I really think like as I'm sort of developing my product, as we're going to launch at the end of the day, for me, the idea stands for itself. And by me being, you know, proud of it and not acting in any way that I'm not giving deference to anyone. And yet I'm including right. everyone. It's made a big difference. And that hasn't, you know, that sort of has been a process. Well, and it's, I know for me, and I, I had a situation this morning where I was dealing with this exact sort of thing. I'm like, okay, they're not getting me. 
I've got, and I was literally cursing under my breath. I've got 30 fucking years of business experience on you, you know? And I was just like, this is bullshit. And then as I got into it, I'm like, wait, this is all going to get wrapped up here in like a matter of an hour. And hopefully it's all going to be good. And while there's a sense of urgency, there's kind of a like, just chill, man, <laughs> just chill out. And I wonder how different our generation would be if we began to really embrace this just chill out sort of perspective, even though there's a driver behind and let's get the business done too. And I think that's kind of a difference where the younger generation is definitely driven by let's get stuff done, but it's, they, they're driven by it in a completely different way. And they have a short term mentality. It's like none of them see themselves staying anywhere beyond three to five years. If even that, you know, it's such a transactional generation now where oh, I'll go do this and then I'm, I'm moving on to the next thing. And it's also just a function of the economic system that we're in. But Absolutely. I got to say, like, when I, first of all, for me, it's kind of like there's something free saying, mm -hmm. I don't know how to do this. And like letting these, letting people that know how to do it, do it. Mm -hmm. Right. So for me to try to figure out, you know, simple things like, you know, just simple things that most tech, most people know, it's like, I don't know, they, how, hey, can you share that file for me? You know, and I right. can just ask them to do what I need. And also they have a skill set that I don't have. Like I don't navigate that digital world in the way do, they do. I, I don't speak that language. And I actually find the people that are involved on this project to be generally hyper-focused and very results-oriented and they're not coming in when you ask them to and leaving when you ask them to. They're going to work when they want. And mm -hmm. I had you know, a good example is that a couple guys come in from Berkeley this summer uh, in New York, brilliant, hardworking, wonderful. And their work style was sleep to three, hmm. but they would work until five in the morning. I'm a morning person. I want to walk my dog and be home around 530. Right. So navigating that and realizing that they're not being dicks they're being this is how they're the most effective and mm -hmm. if i want to have them be really effective i have to figure out how to manage this yep. so that was really you know real world practical for me and so yeah so it's been it's been growing and and it, it's on some weird level it's liberating right well i know for me when i you know and i know you you built a couple of businesses but when I started working for myself in 2006, I was already in the mindset of being home, working from home. And right. I had so many people around me going, how do you do that? How do you do that? Now, if we look around, there's such a huge population that are the work from home or work from anywhere sort of people. And even that in and of itself was like groundbreaking. Now it's kind of becoming more and more the norm. And so you have this, this budding heads of, okay, what is the workplace really supposed to look like? Yet the younger generation is saying, for me to be most effective, here's how I work best, which is really what I said, it's just in a different lens. And yeah. I've had to like step into that lens and go, okay, things aren't going to happen quite at the way I want them to, but they do happen. And so like you, I've had to like adjust my thought processes to, okay, I know this is what I want to get done. Now I've got to set the right expectation. If I want something done, I'm going to have to be a little more like, okay, this is when I need it done by. Otherwise, if you just leave it to, okay, I know that, you know, I'm going to go home at five and this will be on my desk. Mm -mm. 
Not necessarily so because they're coming in when they feel like it or they're, you know, I'm dealing with people across the world in different time zones for some of the stuff I do. It's like, okay, I have to give, I have to set the expectation. And I set it in a completely different way than I used to because it's not an eight to five sort of mentality anymore. It's like, it's a 24 seven mentality. Right. And so even the, in, right. yeah. And even in this, um, side hustle that I do working for another company, I have seen how I've begun to adapt to that as well. It's like, okay, I'm committed for this many hours a week and I do that this many hours a week and I do it when I say I'm going to do it and kind of the rest of the time I'm not available. <laughs> I'm not there. And it's taken a lot to shift that organization to go, okay, we get this. We're hiring a whole bunch of kind of part-time people who do the work when they do the work. And it's helped me realize, man, when I'm working with others that are in that same space, I want that privilege. I want that freedom. So yeah. I need to realize that that's what they want too and, yeah, not and, be, I, and not be threatened by it. Yeah. I mean, I look at my work cycle. I get up in the morning and I, I get a lot done before like nine in the morning and I'm really good. And then, you know, noontime-ish, I, I sort of, take a couple hours off and then I, yep. so there are cycles of working. And I think, I think for, you know, I think the thing is for us, I'm speaking generationally now and yep. myself individually is to just be open to learning, right? Like we can still learn and we don't always have to teach. And I think there's a lot of information coming up that we can really learn from. And instead of fighting it, we can actually like, admire it like for example as a gay man it's like you know what 20 year olds have access to and privilege now yep i'm so happy that they have access and privilege to that now yep. i help fight to give them that access and privilege. so what do they owe me anything no i don't think right they're living their life and then and so i think it's the same thing sort of you know generationally i mean there's ageism there's a lot of sort of structural uh discrimination etc and also some of it is, um, you know, how we function in our own life. And what, Absolutely. what for me, what I'm bringing with me, am I bringing a, a sort of this pissed off sense of entitlement or am I bringing an open heart uh, and an availability to be present and actually see what I can learn and give what I can give, mm -hmm. right? So um, that's sort of what I'm getting out of all of this. Well, I think it's an interesting dynamic that's shown up, you know, before we got on here and we're recording, we were talking about social media and all that sort of stuff. And it's what I find so interesting is our generation and, you know, so baby boomers, Gen Xers, we kind of, we kind of brought this to the forefront because we were, our, our generations were developing these technologies and stuff. And then suddenly the Gen Xers and the millennials started to say, Hey, let's do this with it. And so now here it is. So it's almost like we helped bring this to fruition. We're not exactly the ones responsible, but we started to create that, that momentum and that innovation. Right. And then we have to learn to work with it instead of fight it. Because in the bigger scheme of things, so much of this is making life easier. So much of it is making life more freeing for people and moving things along. But then if we get in that seat and sit there and go, but, 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 it's like, well, we kind of created this monster and, and I don't, also, I don't consider it a monster personally. I consider it like, this is a really interesting, amazing time to be living. Well, and also economically, when I grew up, when I got out of college, the, the, you know, kids were going into the, I wanted to be in business management training programs that yep. 
banks and insurance companies and accounting firms. Yep. Some of them have stayed their entire career, yep. right? That was the expectation, right? Mm-hmm. You do a good job, you work hard, you get a pension, et cetera. Right. That expectation doesn't exist now. So, you know, a lot of what younger people are dealing with is sort of the economic realities that have thrown been thrown on them, right? Yeah. This gig economy, this like, you know, you have to be a personal brand. You have to keep on reinventing yourself. Well, that's hard. I mean, back in the day, it you get hard. a job and just, you know, slowly rise in right. your job and, and get the perks with it. Well, you, you know, right now, everyone you're on, you know, it's a, you have to be on your, you have to be on your game. And so structurally, you know, hopefully there are some accommodations to give people more support. So there is more of a sense of freedom. And so, you know, you're not always like, what's my next gig? Because you don't have to be like that. So part of, I think, you know, part of it is structural. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. So before we wrap it up here, what's one of the things you feel like you've learned most from this experience of working with these younger generation people? I feel like they're fucking smart as hell Mm. and let them do what they're good at and navigate and navigate around it. So don't try to put a round peg in a square hole, find out what really motivates them and what they're good at and give them that to do. And then you'll get loyalty and you'll get a sense of shared, uh, you know, everything else. But yeah. You can't try to put them up. You know, it doesn't work for anyone, especially mm-hmm. not, 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 you know, 20 year olds now. And so, I, I think it's important to really latch onto that because our generation and our parents' generation, we tend to take on the stress and we're just living in this stress place. And I know the younger generation, they have stress too, but it's kind of a different where I'm coming at it from is a different space when we align ourselves with them and go, okay, let them do what they're really good at and let me do what I'm really good at, which is the typical thing that should happen in most workplaces. But this is such a different generational thing that I am much more like, yeah, you guys handle my social media. You figure out how this technology is best going to happen, all that stuff. And let me worry about, here's how I'm going to go talk about this thing. And let me worry about how to create relationships and stuff like that. That's where my fortes are you guys go figure out how to make this thing become the next thing that everybody's talking about. I think that's when we can relieve the stress and we can all work together in a much easier yeah. and more yeah, productive no, way. I, I agree. I think collaboration and, and just to, you know, like curiosity is a superpower, right? Staying curiosity curious. is a superpower. So yeah. if you're not curious, then you're stuck and yep. it's not serving anyone, yourself included primarily. Absolutely, man. So, well, hey, I'm so glad we reconnected. I love this conversation. Again, his two brands are Cuddlist.com and HearMe.app. Go check them out. If you need to lean in and have somebody hear you, I'm curious to go look at this app too. I think it's pretty cool, man. But um, loved having you on the podcast, sharing your wisdom and addressing this thing of how do we deal with an intergenerational workforce. Thanks again, man, for being here, man. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And I really respect you. That's a wrap for 40 plus real men, real talk where size doesn't matter. We drop our bullshit, get over our screwed up fears, make bold moves and live life without apologies. Don't forget to join us on Facebook at 40 plus real men, real talk where the conversations continue.